Oh, I think I hear it. Wahoo. Well, God is good. Let's sing and shout it. <laughs> um, as Terry said, Pastor Terry said, normally I'm downstairs teaching the children. <laughs> and I've been having a blast doing it. And it's really interesting while you teach children, you learn things. You do learn things. It's awesome. And so um, a particular scripture that we had, I think it was the last lesson we had, I just really set my heart to pondering on it. And it's Psalm 119.99, and it says, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. Another um, translation says, your testimonies are my devotion. Now, when I first heard it, I thought the testimonies were talking about the teachers, and then, of course, it's always good to read things in context. And, of course, testimonies is talking about um, uh, the testimonies of God, which then made me start thinking about that, testimonies of God. And it's plural. (laughs) So... One thing that you do when you study the word is sometimes you go back and you find out where does the word first show up? Because that can always be rather interesting. So where the word testimony first shows up is in Exodus, um, actually chapter 16, um, but I'm going to read Exodus chapter 25, 21 through 22. And this is what it says. You shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. And there I will meet with you, and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony, about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. So here we're finding out that the testimony has to do with everything that God was going to tell, for one thing, but it it has to do with the tablets. Remember when Moses went up to the mountain and he met with God and God with his very finger, he hewed out the tablets and he wrote the commandments with his very finger And then, lo and behold, Moses comes down and he gets angry at the children of Israel and smashes them. How many of you would smash tablets that were written with the very finger of God? Could be any one of us. (laughs) Could be any one of us. Of course, we're reading after the fact thinking, what were you thinking? What were you thinking, Moses, that you would smash hewn out tablets by the hand of God and written by the very finger of God? So now you might start thinking. So it's the testimony is all about the commandments and the law. Don't put God in a box. Do not put him in the ark of the testimony box. Because <laughs> that's where they put the tablets, right? The commandment is important. Every commandment that God ever spoke is important, and they are not done away with. We still need to look at them to understand them um, and live them out. But there's some good news coming, so just hold on. Uh, 
But I want to tell you not to put God in a box because, okay, God gave them these stone tablets with the law written, the commandment, the testimony. The testimony. Don't forget that. God called them the testimony. And then he called the ark of the testimony. And then also he called the tabernacle the tabernacle of the testimony. So what is this word testimony? And this is something we learned, didn't we, in children's church, which really set my just thinking about this stuff. But first I want to go back. Before I tell you what the word testimony means, I want to go back to the scripture that I just read and let's look at what was in there again where he says to put these testimonies in the ark and calls it the ark of the testimony. But here in 22, and there I will meet with you. The law is important. But I think we need to focus on this. Now, put the testimony in the ark of the testimony. That's where I'm going to meet with you. Again, don't put God in the box. Don't go, oh, it's all about the law and we got to do and we got to don't and we got to, you know, make sure that we, we live this narrow road, which it is a narrow road, by the way. And narrow is the way, right? But I think the most important thing that is going on here is that the living God, the God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, the uncreated God said, this is where I'm going to meet with you. Right above where we stuck those little commandments in there. And then he says, and I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to speak to you. So, yes, I gave you these. I, and, of course, God had to do it a second time. Now, the, the second time, Moses had to actually hew out. I think it's kind of like good fathers, what fathers do. It's Father's Day, what a good father does. If your kid does something, you've given them something, and then you break it. I remember doing that with Josh one time. We bought him a swimming pool, and he, him and his friend just totally annihilated it one day just because they could. <laughs> and, you know, you, you take in a deep breath, and, you know, that was back when we didn't have a whole lot of money, and, you know, it probably took us a while to even actually get the money to buy this swimming pool, and then... Him and his friend just, I literally annihilated it. <laughs> so what did we do as good parents? Going, okay, if you want another swimming pool, then you're going to have to work for it. <laughs> and so we would give him odd jobs, and he would make money, and, and we bought another one, but basically he bought it. <laughs> and we said, and you will not do this, this one. <laughs> and so Father God, who's a good father, he made uh, Moses actually cut the stones out, but he did write them with his finger again, the laws. So um, anyway, so the most important thing here is this testimony. I'm going to, and I, I love the fact that the testimony that I'm going to give you. So he doesn't even have it yet, right? I'm going to give you the testimony, and but I'm going to meet with you, and I'm going to speak with you from above the mercy seat. That's important, that's where God meets with us, at the place of mercy. Because I'm telling you what, not one of us could meet with God apart from his mercy. Not one of us. Not one of us. 
So here he is, the God that says, I'm going to give you this testimony. You're going to put it in this ark. I'm going to meet with you. I'm going to speak with you above the mercy seat. Between a couple angels. Of course, they're not the real angels. They're the hewned out from the gold and all that. But I think there's something to that. (laughs) Um, And then what does he say? Again, between the two cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony, and I'm going to speak to you about everything which I will give you in this commandment. I'm I'm going to speak to you about that. I think God is still speaking. I don't think he is. I know he is. In fact, I heard him this morning. That was really awesome. (laughs) He's going to tell him everything about this. And I do believe that conversation was more about do's and don'ts. I mean, if you have walked with God for any length of time, you've discovered that it's not about the do's and don'ts. It's about a love relationship. Because another term for this ark is the ark of the covenant. If you look in different other parts of the scripture, you're going to see the ark of the covenant. Now, we understand from scripture that God made covenant with us. In fact, there are several covenants throughout the scripture. And he never broke a one. He kept covenant. Now look around you. There is probably a few people that maybe haven't kept covenant. <laughs> you can look in history and see that. That is an incredible thing right there. Again, we don't want to put God in the Ark of the Covenant, Ark of the Testimony box. Because he, he didn't dwell in there. He goes, I'm going to go dwell in this box. No, you put the testimony I give you in that box, but I'm going to meet with you, I'm going to speak with you above the mercy seat, and I'm going to tell you everything you need to know, basically. And, and I think we know, if you've studied the scripture at all, that what we've learned about our God is that he's faithful and true, and he's powerful and strong, and he's merciful. In fact, today his mercies re- were renewed, right? Because we know that from scripture. His mercies were renewed today. So right now, this day, you have experienced his mercy. Hallelujah. I am so thankful that every day his mercies are renewed because, boy, oh boy, I don't have an everyday life where I live out the Christianity so perfectly. How many? Anybody? (laughs) So I am thankful that his mercies are renewed every day. Now, I'm actually really, really glad that we don't know where these tablets are. I'll tell you why. Or we don't even know where the Ark of the Covenant is. I'm going to tell you, because I'm telling you, it would be worshipped. I've been to Israel a few times. And the Garden of Gethsemane, there is a rock that they put a church over, and I've been to that, and you see people kissing it. I've been now, the first time, this last time, I've been to the Church of the Nativity where there is just this kind of marbly rock or something and, and you see people bowing to it and kissing it because they think that's where Jesus was born. And then there's the Church of the Holy Sepulchre that people go and they do that too. Now I want to kiss the face of God. <laughs> I want to kiss the face of God. Now I know that uh, obviously, I can't literally do that. But today, in worship, 
That's what worship does. You get to kiss the face of God with your worship. You get to do that. You get to honor him and glorify him. And that is like a sweet-smelling incense to him as you offer your heart to him. And today, because his mercies are re- were renewed, he met with us. Worship was really good. I enjoyed it a great deal. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful that we don't have a God who said, I will dwell in this ark of the testimony that no, he gets to meet with us in mercy because the mercy continues on. We don't have the ark of the testimony. We don't have this, but we have Jesus. Because you see, in the New Testament, you have a better covenant. It is the best covenant that has ever been made is the New Testament covenant through the blood of Jesus Christ, through him coming, through him living out and modeling to us what it looks like to live this life and then giving his life on, as one of the songs we sang, the, the cross that was made for sinners. He, he gave his life and then he rose again so that we don't have to do the sacrifices every time we turn around. And if he also tore that veil to that mercy seat of course, it didn't exist at that time. If I remember correctly, it had already been lost somewhere. But he tore that veil where once a year only one could go in, that high priest. And he went in with such fear and trembling. Um, in fact, they would tie a rope around them. And they had the bells and everything on, on the um, robe so they could hear. But they would tie a rope around their ankle when they'd go into the presence of God, into the Holy of Holies, because it could be that if they didn't do it quite right, they'd be struck dead, and then they'd have to drag him out. I don't know if there's any, any uh, information anywhere that that ever happened. <laughs> But we have this incredible covenant and we have this incredible God in which we get to meet with and he gets to speak to us. And the mercy seat is there because Jesus applied his blood on the heavenly mercy seat for us. Hallelujah. (laughs) That is good news. So now to this word, testimony, and what does the word testimony mean? Well, it's obviously Hebrew, and it's, the word is eduth. And what the word means, the first portion of it, the ed, <laughs> means witness. And the uth the, the part means do it again. Think about that. Think about that. So the word testimony, every time someone stands up and gives a testimony, it is a witness. And if you have the same issue, you can say, do it again. That's what a testimony means. So here God gave the testimony, the testimony of uh, giving it and... 
I don't think he's ever going to write with his finger on some tablets again, so saying do it again that way. But yet there was something of his presence there that we still have. We still have. And if you have not experienced the voice of God, you haven't heard his voice, and, you know, there's always the whole question, what, is it really audible or, um, or, or what? It's lots of things. God speaks in lots of different ways. And if you haven't heard his voice, whether it's something of an impression upon your heart or literally hear it audible, our, our friend Yesupadam actually heard the audible voice of God right at the point of his salvation. God spoke to him and he got saved. So whether it's audible, whether it's an impression upon your heart, or just as you read his word and all of a sudden he, the Lord speaks to you because this word is living, right? Living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword that divides between the soul and the spirit. This word of God is amazing. And again, it, God isn't limited to the printed pages. No, it's life and spirit that comes out of this. And we can read the testimonies that are in this book and say, do it again. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. We can read about the book of Acts where the church was started. And some say that all of that happened at the church when the church was started has ended. It's called cessationism. No, it hasn't ended. Our God still speaks. Our God still moves. He still does miracles. He still does healings. He still saves. He still delivers. So we can look at that and say, do it again. Do it again. And if you have something of a healing that you need and you, you know that God heals, you can go before him and you can with passion and without fear because it says we can come before the throne of grace, right? Because Jesus tore the veil. We now have this access before the Lord and we can say, Lord, you've healed this in this person they testified, do it again, God, in me. Do it again in me. So he does, God has commands. He does have teachings to live by, and they're important. And we never want to downplay that. But we want to go beyond just that of the do's and don'ts and have this open relationship with the living God and know that we can hear his voice. And if you haven't, you can say, Suzette says she heard your voice this morning and I haven't heard your voice. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. Do it again. Speak to me. I want to hear you. And um, I mean, that actually that's one of my passions is to pray for people and to um, help explain about hearing God's voice because so many times people do get kind of, they make it kind of like, a lot of times they're actually hearing the voice of God and don't realize it. That's, that's one thing I have discovered, that they, they actually are. And bit, but because they're thinking it's only audible or whatever, you know, because it, it does make it kind of strange when someone says, I heard the voice of God. I mean, that sounds like it's audible, of course. And so sometimes if, uh, you know, you haven't had it explained, um, you know, but I love that. It's one of my passions. I love to encourage people who say they've never heard the voice of God to say, oh, I bet you have. 
I bet you have, and then talk with them and and most of the time they discover that they do. And then it's fu- what's really fun after that point is how they come to you and go, I heard God today. And then you hear them again, I heard God today. You know, I mean, and then it's like all of a sudden they're hearing God so much more because they have understanding. So, ah, God is so good. Yeah, we cannot put God in a box. Cannot put a God in a box. And what a testimony that God has given us through his prophets and and his people in here. But look around you. Look around you. These are all testimonies right here. Every one of you are testimonies of the goodness of God in your life. And if there's someone here, which I, I don't think that there is, someone here that does not know Christ, but I'm telling you, today is a great day to know Jesus. Because it's the day that the Lord has made. And you can come into that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and, and he wants to show his love to you. He wants to meet with you and speak with you and, and just give you a testimony. Because that's what that word said, I'm going to give you a testimony. I love that. I mean, we know it's about the, the actual commandment tablets, but I believe it's something that we can with confidence say that God wants to give you a testimony. And if you already have some testimonies, he wants to give you more. <laughs> right? He wants to give you more testimonies. Um, this last week, I, I um, watched a music video by Zach Williams, right? And um, in th- it's, the song is called um, Chain Breaker. Oh, powerful. <laughs> it is so powerful. So I watched this uh, music video, and um, it was about a mom who was looking through some of her little girl's, you know, pictures that her little girl had made. She's older, so she's looking back at all these cute little things her daughter would give her. And, and then, then it goes backwards to when the mom was young. And in the video, the mom was doing drugs and drinking, and, and the little girl would come when mom was passed out on the couch and, and she would try to wake her. Mom wouldn't wake up. And so she'd leave her the little cards and, you know, um, telling her mom how much she loved her, you know, things like that. And then there was the one point where um, the little girl grabbed the pills and the bottle and she was dumping them down the sink, pouring the alcohol out. And the mom comes in and pushes her away and is trying to, you know, save her, her addiction, you know, and um, it was at that point that I just broke down weeping with thanksgiving because of a chain that has been broken in my life. Now, I didn't have a parent that was a, a, a druggie or an alcoholic, but I did have a home where violence took place. And I remember a couple times jumping on my dad's back and pounding on him and saying, stop, stop, stop. You are going to kill my brother. So I remember that. But the chain has been broken because of Jesus Christ in my life because I came to Christ, but I still had some anger issues. When you're raised in an atmosphere of anger, you can have anger. And I had some anger issues in, um, when Josh was young. And, but the Lord was faithful. I remember one time 
when I was yelling at Josh. I mean, it was just out of line anger on my part. And I remember feeling, if you, if you talk about hearing the voice of God, I have felt the hand of God on me. And I felt it on my shoulders, and he literally pushed me to the ground. And then I heard him say, Suzette, you will stop yelling at your son, and you will let him be a boy. Because I was all freaked out because he got dirty. <laughs> yeah, that's really important to get angry about. But anyway, watching that, just, you know, thinking about the fact that God broke the chain. Because it could have continued. It could have continued. But praise be unto God that I came to Christ and then he spoke to me and he set me free. And the anger was gone. So there's a testimony. If, if anyone here has anger in their background and hurts and wounds from that kind of stuff, or maybe you have the anger, whatever it might be. Maybe you grew up with alcohol or, or the addiction in the family. Terry did. He, he broke... He, the chain has been broken in Terry's family line because his dad was an alcoholic. So praise be unto God, he breaks chains, he breaks them. He can break the cycle of generational sin in your life. And that's a testimony that you can tell. And I can stand before you and I can say, God breaks chains and that I am set free. And one of the songs that we sang, it talks about fear. I can't remember the line in that song about fear has no hold on me or something. I, I don't remember. But anytime we sing anything about fear and how fear has been broken, that is my testimony. And you will most likely hear me yell. Because I am so thankful because I had so much fear in my life, but God broke the chain of fear in my life. And so if you have fear in your life, I'm a testimony to you saying, you can be free and we can say together, do it again, God, do it again. I'm a witness. I'm a witness of one who is set free from fear. And it was debilitating. I am telling you what, debilitating. But praise be to God for his incredible love. <clears throat> so, signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. I am crying out for signs and wonders to see that in Grand Forks, North Dakota, more than I have, because I've seen some signs and wonders. I've seen people healed. I've seen people delivered from the demonic. I've seen that. Um, seen people get saved. That's, that's a sign and a wonder right there. And, and this church, this church has, has seen many of those different kinds of things. But when I look at God's word and I know that this is, you know, like for Jesus, that was everyday life. Everyday life. Signs and wonders. Healing the sick raising the dead. The one thing that, that Jesus, in all of his miracles, and even, even in the Old Testament, was he's trying to change our thinking, right? He's always wanting to change our thinking, right? So here's a piece of paper. Do you believe me that I can pass some people through this piece of paper? 
So, Jesus, in all of his signs and wonders and miracles, he was always trying to change our thinking. I mean, think about the multiplication of fish and loaves. How many have seen that one? In your day and age, have you seen it? Not to the extent that, I, that Jesus, but I, I did see it. I'll never forget. I will never forget that time when uh, we were living with another family, Terry and I and Josh. We were sharing this a really huge house, and, and I, I love this couple. Um, I forgot his name now, Joyce and Jerry. Jerry. Gosh, how could I forget Jerry? <laughs> Joyce and Jerry. What I learned from Joyce and Jerry is hospitality. I mean, this couple were so hospitable, and they were so willing to take people in, just, and just constantly taking people in. And so at one point, and, and it was during the, um, what was it, 19, 1980, right, I think? So anyway, it was during kind of the recession. And so Jerry and Terry, it's like Terry would have a job, and Jerry wouldn't have a job. Jerry would have a job, and Terry wouldn't have a job. It was just constant like that. So money was really, really tight, in, uh, and, and that's really kind of one of the reasons we kind of shared this house. It was helpful. <laughs> and um, anyway, but they were so hospitable, and at one point we had, I think it was 25 people besides ourselves living with us. <laughs> it was crazy. And um, it was a big house, and uh, they were just kind of everywhere. Um, and Thanksgiving was coming, and we didn't have a lot of money. And I remember um, Joyce and I in the kitchen fixing it, and we were just looking at each other going, uh, this is not enough food for this many people. And so we prayed said, Lord, I, I don't know. We, we, your words, here's the testimony. Here's the testimony. There was a witness. Do it again, Lord. And we prayed and just asked the Lord to somehow multiply this food. And we got done eating, and we had all these leftovers. <laughs> It's just in, insane. We're just going, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> so God is who he says he is, and he wants to meet with you. He wants to speak with you. He wants to do it again. I mean, I believe that God is up on his throne, and he is looking down. Yeah, that is actually accurate. He also lives within us. So <laughs> that's why we have a better covenant. And, um, but he's, he's saying, you know, I'm telling you, kids, I'm telling you, all that I've done, I'll do it again. Ask me. Just ask me. So anyway, he wants to change our thinking, and here we go. Here's the paper. There you go. You can pass people through this, can't you? <laughs> change your thinking. So you want to change your thinking. God wants to change your thinking to take what's like, whoops, <laughs> that's impossible, and make it possible. That's what God wants to do. So this is, this is the cool thing when you teach children's church. You get to learn all these fun things. Because with kids, you have to have lots of little fun illustrations. So thank you for my handy-dandy helper here. So God wants to change your thinking. He wants you uh, to share your testimony Every chance you get. 
because it could be just that one person you share your testimony with needs to hear the fact that God did it for them. He can do it again. And um, we don't want to be like the um, children of Israel. Here's a couple things in Psalm 78. This is what we don't want to do. And and I'm sharing this scripture because we have this here, no limitations. Listen to this. Psalm 78, 40 through 42. um, They provoked him in the wilderness, grieved him in the desert, again and again, tempted God, limited the Holy One. Can you limit the Holy One? The unlimited God? You can. You can by not hearing his voice and doing what he says by not believing the testimony he's already given. You can limit the Holy One. I don't want to limit him. We want to be a church that has no limitations. We want to be a church that can say, can this be done? Yes, it can be. (laughs) Right? Yes, it can be. We want to be a church. We want to be a people that can do that. We want to be able to... um, and I want to encourage you to share your testimony every chance you get. I, I honestly don't think I have to tell you that at all. I, I think most of you do pretty good on that. But um, even if maybe you haven't been doing that recently, begin. Just share. Share your testimony. I love to share the things that God has done because it's encouraging. And not only does it encourage the person I share them uh, with, But you know what? It reinforces the reality that, yeah, God did do this for me. God did do that. So it kind of like comes back and builds strength and builds faith in myself as I share it. Because we want to have no excuses at all. And, you know, and I think of, um, you know, sometimes when we don't see things come about the way, you know, the testimony has been shown and we don't see it. The one thing that I want to say, you never lower your experience or you never lower the word of God to your experience. Never do that. Never do that. I don't care if it's been years that you have been praying and praying and praying and you have not seen, then you, you, you don't want to say, well, I guess God doesn't do that. No, 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 no. You keep raising your prayer up to the truth of God's word. And what he has said he has done, and he'll do it again. He'll do it again. He, and remember the children of Israel, they limited the Holy One. They limited by what? Testing him, tempting him, provoking him, all that kind of stuff. Don't do it. It's really the, the, the walk of Christ, you know, of, of the salvation is really very simple. It's really meeting with him. Just meet with him. It's kind of hard to meet with the living God on a regular basis and not be transformed, you know? And, and it doesn't take hours upon hours upon hours. It can take a moment. I can't tell you how many times that God has shown up in the weirdest places on, for me. <laughs> and they're usually very public, and if anybody of you guys know me, I am a crybaby. I'm e- tears come easily for me, and God shows up in a public place, and I'm like, not here, God. What are you doing? <laughs> you know? But 
generally he's saying something or wants me to do something, you know. But I love the fact that he just wants you to be proactive in meeting with him, but sometimes he's just going to show up and just say, hello, remember me? <laughs> you know, so, um, but... Yeah, go for it. Amen. There we go. There's a testimony. There's a witness. Do it again. <laughs> if you can identify with that, say it within your heart before the Lord, do it again, God. Do it again. Yes, do it again. So, again, we, we don't want to have excuses. And, you know, I think of that, that passage in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, that I do believe people have used as an excuse. I'm going to read it. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So when something doesn't come out you know, quite right, well, his thoughts are not my thoughts. Are you sure about that? Are you positive? Paul tells us we have the mind of Christ. Paul tells us we have the mind of Christ. And if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we don't, we don't want to use our experience that maybe something didn't turn out quite the way the Bible says it should or whatever. We want to keep pressing in, keep pressing in, and say, I believe you, Lord and not say to the Lord, why? Maybe you could say, when are you going to do it, Lord? When are you going to do it? Right? Instead of, why, God? I don't understand. You do it for them. How many have done that when you've heard a testimony? It's like, why won't you do that for me, God? 
Maybe say, when are you going to do it for me, God? When are you going to do it for me? Because I'm asking, God. I'm asking. So 2 Corinthians 2. Um, oh, no, I did not write down where I, because I don't want to read the whole thing. Let me see if I can find it. Well, it helps if you be in 1 Corinthians and not 2. <laughs> that usually will help. Get the right book. So it talks about, um, let's see, we'll start in 6. I think that'll... However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God. So how is he speaking the wisdom of God? Because God shows it to him, right? In a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. God ordained it, this, this mystery, for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them. Wait a minute. God has revealed them? Yeah, so Isaiah 55, it is true that his thoughts are not our thoughts. But through Jesus Christ, he's revealed them. He wants us to know his thoughts. He wants us to know his ways. If you understand Jesus being sent, what does Hebrew chapter 1 say? That he is absolutely the radiance of the glory of Father, the exact representation. I want you to know who I am, and I want you to know my ways. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. And it goes on at the very end saying, but we have the mind of Christ. So Isaiah should never be an excuse. It should be more along the line of God is great. His thoughts are above our thoughts. His ways are above our ways. But through his son and by his spirit, he has made them known. So I can live out his testimony. His testimony. I can be that witness that will spur a heart that might go, God, do it again. Do it again. Amen? Amen. Amen. God is good. So I just go out. Go out and be testifiers about the goodness of God in your life. And if you need his goodness revealed in you, spirit, soul, or body, just say, do it again, Lord. Do it again. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Have a great day. Happy Father's Day, all you fathers.